Thank you for listening to Your Next Obsession. Before you listen to these episodes, we wanted to acknowledge that they sound a little different from the others due to a recording mishap. We still wanted to share them with you because we really enjoyed making them and didn't want to try to recreate a live conversation. We found it's a little harder to understand if you're listening in the car and better if you're listening on other devices. To make up for this snafu, we're releasing two episodes this week, and we hope you still enjoy them. Thanks for listening. Murder, she wrote. Murder, she wrote. Imagine if you were, like, announcing it at the Emmys, like, Angela Lansbury, murder, she wrote. Murder, she wrote. Murder, she... I think you kind of have to, like, the comma is just a suggestion. Yeah, you have to, like, like, you have to say murder, but think wrote. Murder, she wrote. Murder, she wrote. Yes, for the uninitiated, this is your, your next, next obsession. obsession. Oh, yes. Yes, uh, your next obsession. This is a fun little uh, little podcast where we talk about our niche obsession. That we want you to be obsessed with, too. If you've never listened before, mm-hmm. you have no idea who we are. Yeah. I'm Renee. And I'm Quinn. And we are very similar humans, but have very different interests. Yeah, and very different obsessions. And we like to talk about them. We are obsessed with talking about them. <laughs> Hence the genesis oh, of this pod. Oh my goodness, yes. Renee, do you want to talk about what we're talking about today? I'm so I, excited. I don't want to mess it up. Here's the, <laughs> I really don't. So this is going to be a deep dive. A very deep into dive. Into the world of Murder, Murder She, she wrote. wrote. I'm so excited. Everybody, I would like it to be noted. Oh, I'm so Quinn excited. That needed a week to prep for this episode. She requested an entire week. I did. To do research. A full seven days. To take notes. Uh-huh. Of which she has six, six and a half, half pages. pages of handwritten <laughs> notes. Oh, God. And uh-huh. my, here's, yeah, as I said, I've seen you watch it many times, mm-hmm. but have ne- I really know very little about it. Yeah. And before we dive in, my first question is, I have no idea where to put the emphasis when you say murder she wrote. Well, okay, this actually is a perfect first question because it really gets to the core of what this show is about (laughs) so the title first of all the font that this show uses for the title and for the opening sequence is incredible you have never seen it anywhere else nor will you see it anywhere ever again so they made it for the show it's kind of (laughs) swoopy it's not really cursive but it's not not it's gonna be like four hours long (laughs) (laughs) okay i'm sorry but in terms of like the grammar of the title it's murder comma Comma. she wrote so I think murder, definitely the most important word. Obviously, yeah. But wrote is also important because it tells you something about the main character, Jessica Fletcher. Okay, but she, I feel like, also important. Right, but <laughs> once you know who she is, which is Jessica Fletcher, then you know. So Jessica Fletcher, also known as J.B. Fletcher, is a retired and widowed English teacher who lives in Cabot Cove, Maine. And she just, at some point, they don't really give you like a strict timeline, but at some point her husband died and then she stopped to being like a substitute teacher and she started writing murder mystery novels. What I want to talk about first, now that we've talked about the title, is the opening title sequence. So we have our theme song, which is like very jaunty for a show that's about murder. And like, I would also just like to say that this show is is and was classified as a drama when it first okay. came out in 1984. And first of all, Angela Lansbury was nominated for an Emmy, I think, every season 
for and best. How many seasons are there, Quinn? Twelve. Oh, Twelve beautiful <laughs> seasons. Okay, great. So we're you know a little bit about the main character. The opening sequence goes as follows. You have the theme song. You see Jessica Fletcher, played by Angela Lansbury, who you all know I'm already obsessed with. The opening sequence is really my dream life because in the first few seconds you see typewriters, her typing on a typewriter mm-hmm. in a sweater vest and big glasses. You see her jogging in like a full tracksuit with like a little towel around her neck that's tucked into the top part of her like jacket, which is not something I've ever seen. Maybe it's an 80s thing. I don't know, but it's amazing. I feel like I've seen that. You see her riding her bicycle because she does not drive. She rides her bike everywhere in a cute little bucket hat. Yes. Sweater weather, always. Sweater vests, usually, because again, we're in Maine. But it's somehow always the same season in Cabot Co. It's always, like, vaguely fall. Yeah, because they shot it in California. So, But all of that is intercut in the opening sequence with her doing, like, scary crime-solving stuff. Like, looking around a corner, holding a flashlight, like, getting scared in, 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 in shadow. Like, right, it's, like, very Nancy Drew. It is high camp. It's incredible. It's so fucking Just, good. I feel like I'm going to do this a lot during this episode, mm-hmm. but... It needs to be noted that camp in Quinn's notebook is its own line yeah. in all caps. In all caps, because it's important to the tone of the show. Like, it really is pretty light, and there's, like, little bits of weird sitcom moments between her and other characters where she's like, oh, Arthur. <laughs> Classic And, like, Arthur. a lot of times episodes will end on, like, her laughing, and then that goes into a freeze frame, and then the ending, like, theme song comes out, so she'll be like, ha, 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 and then it'll freeze. God, the 80s <laughs> fucking love the, the end 80s, freeze frame. Oh, my God. and it, But it also freezes, and sometimes she has, like, one eye shut, so she's like... <laughs> oh, so it wasn't even, like, a cute <laughs> No, it wasn't moment. always, like, a cute moment. It was literally just like, oh, this is the end now. I was like, we ran out of film. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, God. So that's the opening sequence, which I'm obviously obsessed with. I could watch it on a loop. For this episode, I rewatched the first 10 episodes of the first season. This is not a show that you have to watch in chronological order because essentially the same thing happens. Every episode has the same structure. She's like either at home in Cabot Cove or visiting a relative or a friend in some obscure place in the United States. Mm-hmm. She goes somewhere not expecting a murder to happen. And of course it does every episode, usually Girl, and, and often more than one murder. And she's at first like, reluctant to help solve the murder because she's like, no, I was supposed to be here to visit you or to do this thing or whatever. But then she, like, gets sucked into the mystery. And most of the time, the police are, like, fine with it. So, okay, I definitely thought that this was one of those, like, consulting shows Mm. where she, like, weaseled her way into the police. No, she just, like... No, no, no. She just is always around for murders. Is she a serial killer? Maybe. But that's So just, like, murder follows her everywhere. Yeah, and then she wrote about it. But I think the title just refers to her, like, mystery novels. Does she ever then write a novel about crimes that happen around her? Like, almost every episode, someone's like, oh, I bet she could use this in one of your books. And she's like, haha, yes. So it sounds like every episode is exactly the same. Every episode is similar. Mm. The acting is a real mixed bag <laughs> in terms of quality. But at the same time, there's some, like, crazy cameos on this show like so oh my god i'm so glad you asked there's so many cameos over the course of the 12 seasons i mean i'm sure the show was an institution it was like basically a repertory theater you know yeah okay tracks of just in the first few episodes joaquin phoenix what as a child (gasps) is in one of the episodes 
Okay. Joaquin Phoenix was a child? Yeah, at some point. <laughs> wow. Martin Landau, who was in a bunch of stuff. A lot of these people were, like, Angela Lansbury's age or older during these episodes, so they're not going to mean a lot of things to you. But, That's like, true. him. Who else was, like, young? Oh, Megan Mullally was on an early episode. George Clooney. Brian Cranston had an arc in one season. What? Right? Like, this is what I'm saying. In like, an it's insane. Season? I think over the course of a season, he, like, recurred a couple times. Yeah, Oh, uh, the guy from Reading Rainbow, LeVar Burton, <gasps> is on an episode. I love him. Yeah, he's great. He's fabulous. He's so good. Reading Rainbow and Roots and, like, a bunch of Star Trek. But, but Reading Rainbow. But Reading Rainbow. <laughs> Since I only watched PBS as a kid. It's, like, the only as thing I want. know, yes. Yes. <laughs> okay, I have a logistical question. Sure. How long are the episodes? They're about an hour. Wow. Okay, so 12 seasons of hour-long. Wow. That's a shit ton of content. So how many episodes per season? Like 22. This was Jeez. like this was like in the days of like like straight to series made to order tell you don't see this anymore of like a show will get picked up for 22 episodes like that's crazy I mean, that's an hour long. Grey's Anatomy, but yeah, that. But that's what I'm saying. Like this is definitely not dissimilar from Grey's Anatomy in structure and general quality. They also never really establish like why she likes crime or like why she's fascinated by it. Yeah, because she's a white lady. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sorry, I just have to talk about... Okay, I'm really sorry. This is going to be all over the place, you guys, but this just shows you how much I love the show. So the first two episodes the first two episodes are like the same narrative arc. It's like a part one and a part two. And in the Ooh. end, you find out who... The, like, two people are murdered, and it's like, ah, eh, who did it? We don't know. But uh, she obviously figures it out. And it's her publisher. <gasps> oh, yeah. And the reason she becomes a famous mystery novel is in the first episode, her nephew calls her and is like, hey, can I, uh, I just wanted to say, like, I loved the manuscript you sent me. And she's like, oh, I just wrote it for fun, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, I actually showed it to a publisher and they want to publish it. And she's like, what? Also, her nephew's mm-hmm. name is Grady, which is such a G-R-A-D-Y. Like the Greg 80s were weird. I know. Ew. I hate it. Anyway, so like that's how she becomes a famous author is her nephew's like, this seems good. Anyway, but her publisher, she finds out, killed these people because like back in the day he made a bad business deal and took the fall for it and went to prison and then escaped (laughs) and then like slowly took revenge on all of his business partners and then he like killed these other two people to cover it up. So is he also after her? Yeah, they were like, they were like hot for each other. No, I meant oh. in a murdery way. No, not in a murdery way. He like wanted to okay. fuck her. Oh yeah. Also, everybody wants to fuck Angela Lansbury on this show. At some point, what the like love arc was? Okay, she never actually gets with anybody. <gasps> is the thing because like for all twelve seasons, she's like still in love with her dead husband. R.I.P. R.I.P. Frank. But yeah, like pretty much every episode, someone's like, huh, huh, huh. and like one of the episodes, it's like a much younger man who's like trying to be her secretary, and he's like, mm, I just have a, I just really prefer mature women, and she's like, okay, <laughs> she's not impressed. <laughs> she's really she truly Russian Maya Twain, not impressed. She really does. Okay, um, okay. Oh, maybe it's episode four I want to talk about. But in this one, mm-hmm. she goes to San Francisco, which is fun. <gasps> Yes. Hey, hey, hey. To visit her niece. She has, this is what I was telling you about earlier. As I was like doing some reading on this, somebody was like talking about the series when they first put it on Netflix, which it's not on Netflix anymore. I'm upset. Put it back. Let's write a letter. Uh, (laughs) Let's start a letter writing campaign. So um, they were talking about the show and said that like over the course of 12 seasons, she has like 18 (laughs) nieces and nephews. (laughs) Literally, I was going to ask. 
How does she have so many nieces and nephews? I don't know. And like, as far as I know, you like don't meet any of her siblings Ooh, ever. Word. So it's like, where did they all? Where did they all come from? They but they're like, but they're all her. like very close to her. They're always like, oh, Aunt Jess, like meh 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 meh. Maybe it's because all of their parents are dead. Yeah, and who knows? And she murdered one. them. Probably. She did, guys, That's we are getting <laughs> to the crux of the okay, show. Okay, but she goes to San Francisco to meet with her niece to visit because she's like trying to marry this guy. They're engaged and they want to get married. And he was an actor, but now he, like, sells insurance, quote, unquote, mm. whatever. So, but they also shot the opening sequence in Mendocino. And, like, Mendocino okay. is, is Cabot Cove. So, like, anytime they're in Cabot Cove, they're, like, in Mendocino, California, which is, like, very fun. It is. Uh, it often will, like, open, as many shows do, with a teaser of, like, that gives right. you a hint of the crime where you see a murder happen or something. And you're like, oh, I'm scared. And then she'll come in and be like, oh, right, this show's only about Angela Lansbury. And so you find you what you see in the teaser is like what you find out to be her niece's fiance, like going to the Golden Gate Bridge and meeting with this sketchy guy, Martin Landon, and being like, I want my money, and him being like, No, you gotta perform tonight, and him being like, I don't want to, and you're like, What's going on? He's a drag queen and he's keeping it a secret, I guess because he doesn't want his female fiance to know, and her niece's fiance gets framed for his murder, even though he didn't do it. And so this happens a lot, too, where she'll have to, like, get somebody she's visiting out of trouble with the law by solving the murder <laughs> she herself. Stop visiting people. Right, like, because she's usually reluctant to, like, at first to get involved with the police. She's usually like, Classic no, I'm journey. just a writer. Mm-hmm, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I don't solve crimes. And everybody's like, no, that's what this show's about. Please help us solve it. <laughs> but then when her niece's fiance goes to jail, she's like, well, I have no choice. <laughs> I must help solve it. And this is an episode where the police, the detective on the case is like, does not want her help. And she, like, has to just be like, well, yeah, hey. because that's probably because he's Yeah, a because guess what? That's fair. She's a stranger. <laughs> She's a fucking yeah. mystery novel. Yeah, she's a writer and an English teacher, and not qualified. From Kept Cove, Maine. Yes, and in a much later season, she like goes to New York, like moves to New York for part of the year to be a criminology professor. No, <laughs> yeah. no, it's wild. This show is wild, and like just the fact that like she goes all over and she just happens to be in San Francisco, where her niece just happens to be involved with a man who's a drag queen, who also just happens to be framed for murder. And it's 1984. Like, this is a lot of stuff for a show. But what I want to say is, like, the club where he works, there's, like, two main female impersonators, him and one other female impersonator, drag queen. They don't call them drag queens. They call them female impersonators, which is, like, whatever. But they're both straight men, which is really confusing. Are they both white? Yeah, obviously. Oh, yeah, this show's very white. It's true. Also a good reminder that, like, pretty much before the 90s, like, the late 90s, TV was bad. Yeah, I mean, accurate. Yeah, like, all TV was really bad. Like, pretty much before The Sopranos, everything sucked. God, we've been so spoiled. We're so spoiled. You guys don't even know what you have. And you had murder, you have murder, she wrote, and you're not appreciating it. Somebody, please, hear my plea. Murder, she wrote is fucking great. Put it back on Natty Flex. Oh, man. I mean, the, the show also existed before we had a good grip on gender pronouns because, like, all the female impersonators, like, are all referred to as he and, like, what you know, whatever. It's just, like, it's just, like, one of those things. You know, things. I like to say, though, you know, you gotta start somewhere. Small yeah. step. Yeah, but it, uh, this episode is a good example of, like, everybody usually, this is usually the arc. It's, like, if people aren't, like, ready to take her help right away, she really, like, uses people's perception of her as, like, an older single woman who's, like, a little bit dotty, whatever. Like, people assume that she's, like, a little bit out of it or doesn't know what she's talking about. And she uses that to her advantage a lot. Of her, mm-hmm. She'll, like, be somewhere she's not supposed to be and then she'll be like, oh, I got lost. I'm sorry. 
or someone will be like, oh, can I help you? And she's like, oh, yes. And tell me about this thing that you're not supposed to tell me about. And they're like, oh, okay. (laughs) You're just an old, unassuming Yeah, people like people like everybody tells her all the gossip they're not supposed to tell anybody. And they're like, oh, but I don't really like to gossip. But and then they just like spill all the beans. It's hilarious. And she's like, oh, yeah, I won't tell a soul. There you go. Also just yeah. exciting, though, that a show centered around an, I don't want to say elderly, but older yeah, woman. Older. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exciting. older, retired woman. Yeah, this show was very groundbreaking for its time to have a show, like, centered around a woman and her not really having a major love interest mm-hmm. in the show. Like, she really doesn't. It really is about, like, her and her brains and her... The community that she surrounds herself yeah, with. Yeah, because it's not, it's also not just like sitting around chatting. No, like, no she's, she's like a go getter and she shit. jogs on the reg. Like, Apparently, that's cool. With a towel. Yeah, with a little towel around her neck. She doesn't really have any pets. Also, I don't know why I think that's weird. I guess she travels so much. Why she, would she have a pet? She has 15,000 nieces and nephews. Yeah, so obviously, obviously solves the crime right. and figures out who it was that did done it. And it was like a comedian. Mm-hmm. I think and she figures it out because like everyone's like oh well he couldn't have done it because the murder had to have happened he's like a comedian and a drummer so they're like oh it had to have happened while he was on stage performing because the drums muffled the shot is like what everybody's theory is but mm-hmm. she's like no no because I've been in his dressing room and the couch in his dressing room is sun faded and the murderer used a pillow to muffle the gunshot and this pillow could only have come from his dressing room so he right like it's just so you can't think too hard about it and but also a great part about this show is that every episode pretty much every episode she just like talks the murderer into confessing I love it like, they never really try and attack her. Like, sometimes they'll pull a gun on her or whatever, but nobody's ever like, oh, you bitch, you did la 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 la. She's always like, you know what you did. And they're like, I know, I'm so sorry. I had no choice. Like, they just crack immediately. She just looks at them like, Mm. And they know, like, oh yeah, I must confess. Like literally every episode that happens, where it's like they'll they will kind of get that she's figuring it out, and she will like set up a scenario where like they think they're going to be alone with her, and they think they're going to like get the jump on her, but really like oh she's called the police and they've been listening this whole time or like right like she does a lot of stuff like that where she's like she like gets them to confess in Mm -hmm. a situation where they can't take it back, and then they're just like, but also they confess much too easily. It's like honestly hilarious. They're just like, you're right. I should just tell you everything and not worry about it. Does she ever solve crimes that are not murder? Renee, murder, <laughs> comma, murder is the first word. Okay, no. Murder, just, comma, she wrote. It's usually tied up in other crimes, like people trying to get money from relatives or like that kind of thing. Right. Extortion, embezzlement, that kind of thing. I just think it'd be fraud. funny if there was like an episode where she solved like... A bank robbery? Like tax fraud. Yeah. <laughs> She called the IRS and was yeah. like, all right, Miss Karina. Like, oh, I know who it is. Excuse me, a federal government, but somebody's been stealing your revenue. Audit, she wrote, am I right? Yeah, another fun thing about this show is like everybody speaks with kind of a mid-Atlantic dialect. But that feels like so true of all 80s television. So true. And also, I think I think one of the best parts of this show is that like usually it's the hottest person in the vicinity that did it, that did the murder. Of course. Obviously. They've been making it away with it. Because they can't. And also, all it is it is a foregone conclusion that every hot person on this show is stupid. Like, every young, hot, blown out, flouncy, 
little person, like, is straight up an idiot. Like, all of her, like, nieces and nephews are in horrible relationships, and they're always like, I could never figure this out. Like, (laughs) and it's amazing, because now it's like all the hot people are, like, the most interesting. And this show really, like, breaks the, you know, misconception that just because you're hot, it doesn't make you interesting. It's true. You know, being Being hot hot is is not not a a personality. Yeah. And this show... And this show really shows you that. I love it. Yeah. So those are like the main points that of why I love Murder, She Wrote. I love it. I would now like to just read some lines. Yeah, just want to read some lines from my notes. Yeah, sure. If you have any questions. Yeah, just like a selection. Mm-hmm. Again, just impossible to read this handwriting. <laughs> but you're going to try. <laughs> um, what is just Sonic Booms at 6 a.m.? Question mark, question mark, Oh, question yeah. Mark. That's because in the first one, they like something happened where it's like, oh, nobody heard the gunshot because there was a sonic boom and they didn't. But then she figures it out because she's like, there were no sonic booms that night. I checked or whatever. And like, I know. <laughs> I know. But like, yeah, they go to like this guy's country estate and uh, like it's literally like in the morning. And, like, that huge noise goes up, and they're like, oh, yeah, we just hear sonic booms all the time. It's a fact of life here. <laughs> and she's like, okay. like, a space station? I, they don't, like, I guess so. Yeah, they, like, say there's, like, one line where they explain why there's a lot of sonic classic. booms. I know. Um, I'm really also enjoying this. So there's a dash with a note, and mm-hmm. then a little arrow under it, and then yeah. a sub arrow under that uh-huh. that says, JK, he's a recent hobo. Yeah. <laughs> That's because she... Okay, no, this is amazing. In episode three, she comes back from her morning jog and just finds a man in her garden gardening. And she's like, excuse me, why are you here? And he's like, well, listen, ma'am, I uh, I, uh, I, I don't need much, but I'd like a hot meal and I'd like to work for you. And she's like, okay, sure, come on in. And he's like, I've been riding the rails forever. And she's like, no, you haven't. And he's like, you're right. I had money, but I lost it all. And now I'm doing this. But even that's not true. Because, in fact, he's a very wealthy man who's, like, trying to figure out which of his daughters to, like, give all his money to. And then, of course, one of them murders him. So they're all like, why are you so invested in this? And she's like, well, you forget. I knew your father for, like, a day. <laughs> for 30 minutes. <laughs> I made him breakfast. There's a, I guess this episode is in the South. There's a casual Confederate flag. Yeah, that was not, that did not, that was not good. That was true. That was an episode where she's like, okay, this is another thing that's crazy. She goes to like visit her cousin who's English, but works like in Virginia as a, as a horse and animal trainer for like rich people. It's so confusing. Oh, is that what this an equestrian episode? Yeah, there's a lot of horses and like jodhpurs. Mm -hmm. It's great. Jessica Just watch the episode. Gets a hat, goes incognito yeah. with a canvas tote. Oh yeah, that's one part where she's like, she's in, she's in Hollywood because they're making her book into a movie, and they kick her off the lot because she's like causing trouble. So she comes back later that day, literally in same outfit, just a hat, and to be like, mm, I'm not really here. <laughs> it's so funny. I think I will. I think maybe we'll we'll leave it with this note, which is. I just, I think the thing that I love the most about these notes is that this is verbatim what you wrote down. Yeah, it really is. A veritable who's who (laughs) of aging theater and film stars. It's so true. So this is, okay, now just, I think what I want to close with is just, uh, in an earlier episode, I said something about like how I heard 
Murder, She Wrote referenced in a rap song and it made me excited. So I went back and I tried to figure out what song I heard it in. And then I realized that there are just so many (laughs) hip hop and rap songs that reference Murder, She Wrote. What a neat reference. I know. And I'm like, how? But I guess it was like, it was a big show. It was like in the Nielsen top 10, like almost every season that it was on. So like like, our friends almost as far as just like zeitgeisty. It was very popular, I guess. But I was like, was this based on something? Like, are they saying Murder, She Wrote, but really referencing something else? No. It was an original <laughs> right, concept, like get, they're referencing. Okay, here we go. Examples. Songs that reference Murder, She Wrote. Drop Dead Gorgeous by Kanye West. That's his freshman adjustment mixtape. That is a deep, deep cut, early 2000s. <laughs> There's the, the, the big one is the song Murder, She Wrote, which is a reggae song by Chaka Demas and the Pliers. And that most of the song is them just going, Murder, She Wrote. Like, that's most of the song. <laughs> it's a great song. You guys should check it out. Um, Murder, Murder by Eminem. Yellow Tape uh, by Yo Gotti featuring 21 Savage. Uh, the Guide by Andre Benjamin and Kid Cudi. Love Crimes by Frank Ocean. That's a great song. Tell Me. Uh, no. Yes. The song is Tell Me featuring by Wrench 22 featuring Kojo Funds and Jelani. Wrench 32. Love and Drug. Oh, yeah. That's what I meant. Love and Drugs 2 uh, by Cody Shane featuring Trippy Red. Monster Island by the Dickies. All of those songs reference Murder, She Wrote. And there's so many more. Like, there's dozens more that reference it. I think because it, like, it, it's, like, easy to slip in at the end of a phrase. Something, 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 Murder, She Wrote. You know, like, it's, oh, get in there. <laughs> what? I don't know. I think it is. I'm really not the person You're to be, really like, breaking into, down the rest. <laughs> I am by no means a hip-hop expert, but I I am an admirer of the form. And all of this is just to say, Murder, She Wrote, I know it can seem like sort of like a goofy, campy 80s show, Mm -hmm. but really, its reach was broad. It brought so much joy to so many people. It brings so much joy to my life. And it it really insinuated itself into many aspects of our culture. Clearly. And made Angela Lansbury a household name Mm -hmm. and a major star. And if that's not a gift to humanity, I don't know what is. So it's really just a great time. I like it. I am I'm disappointed that we cannot tell our listeners where to watch it. Because Netflix took it off Those of Netflix. Netflix. You all at this point know how much I could go on. I mean, the, I think the, the thing that I have gotten from this is that I've always known that you've been obsessed with it. Yeah. I kind of vaguely knew why. Mm-hmm. But as I like to say at the end of each episode, I feel like I do know more about you now. Yeah. And I actually feel like I might want to watch it, which can I, is crazy. Can I ask you a question in response? So there was a period yes. when we were living together in yes. college where I was, like, binging this yeah, show. Yeah, really hard into it. I was it. really hard it's into true. it. So, like, I want to know, like, if you hadn't heard any of this, like, what would have been, like, your idea of what this show was about? Like, what was your what were your impressions <laughs> of it when you saw me? Because, like, I do a lot of weird shit, but, like, what was That's your true, thought you when do. you saw me watching this show where you're like, oh, I mean, there she goes again? First of all, I thought it was adorable. Yeah. <laughs> Always so cute because it was always like you at your desk eating something out of a bowl. Yeah. And uh here's the thing because of because of how I knew like when you were watching it, Mm. I knew that it was like easy and fun and good to get into. Didn't require too much because it usually was like a chill down, Mm -hmm. like uh, activity. It's a wind down show. Um, From what I saw and obviously could not hear because you were wearing headphones. Oh yeah. Very eighties. Oh my god, we didn't even talk about the costumes, you guys. We didn't even talk about the costumes. I mean, you didn't even know there were that many sweaters that could be worn in that many ways. At least once an episode, somebody just wears a sweater as a scarf. I mean, like, it's incredible. (laughs) The hair, the shoes. I think we should do an entire episode just about that. I'll never shut up if we start talking about the costumes and murder she wrote. Yeah. So I think that that was, like, vaguely the impression. I think I knew 
that it was like she was a mystery novelist, mm-hmm. that she helped on crimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was about it. I guess I knew like the vague premise, mm-hmm. but not quite the detail. Oh, and there's so much to With learn. Which. Um, but that actually what you said about like her helping out on crimes leads into our segment really nicely. It really does. <laughs> and we're gonna do this I believe segment. This I believe. This I believe is just like a really quick rapid fire segment where we go back and forth and talk about really strong, vehement opinions that we have about like pretty niche in the grand scheme of things, unimportant stuff. Just like little things. Little things. That we, things that we, like, really are, like, passionate about. Believe. And we use the word believe. Mm-hmm. I'll say this every time. Because you can believe in something as, like, a value of who you are, but you mm-hmm. can also believe in things as more, like, of a theory. Um, yeah, so I will go first. Mm-hmm. I, but let me rant for one moment. Yeah, just rant. About the fucking excessive <laughs> amount <laughs> of fucking consultant cop TV shows. <laughs> just rattle off this list that I came up with off the top of my head. Did no (laughs) research, didn't need to. Okay. Psych. Elementary. Sherlock. White Collar. The Mentalist. Lie to Me. Person of Interest. Perception. Castle. Numbers. APB. Instinct. The Blacklist. Medium. The In-Between. Deception. I have seen, I think, at least an episode of each of those. Wow. Some more than others. Which is a feat in and of itself. Thank you. And I just... Can I just, I would like to believe that it takes a lot of hard work to become a cop. Mm-hmm. More to then become a detective yeah. where you are solving literal murders. <laughs> and yet. Which are, as we know, in real life, like sometimes very hard to solve and hard to prosecute. Like, very fucking yeah. hard to prosecute. Harder than you think. I mean, if you're white. Sometimes not super hard to solve because as my grandfather, who used to be a homicide detective in New York, always told me, it's always the husband, yeah. but <laughs> in these situations when there are murders that are just fucking all over the place, yeah. really, you need a magician or to come a fake and psychic? help you? Yeah, it is odd that the whole premise of these shows is like, the cops really can't the do cops anything. are fucking And they need to idiots. outsource it to strangers. And, okay, I think the one that I would like to discuss the most, though, is Deception. I've never heard of had, this show. Well, because it got canceled right quick. <laughs> <laughs> but why? Deception was about a magician who did, like, obviously, like, sleight of hand, but also massive, huge scale um, illusions. illusions. It's an illusion, Michael. Exactly. Yes. To reference another show, Arrested um, Development. And then just helps the police solve crimes by then using his massive amounts of money and his whole team to then also set up grand illusions to, like, catch people in the act or, like, have people confess. What was the writer's room in for this show? Like, like, so dumb. (laughs) How was that gonna make... Oh, yeah, all murderers, they just love a magic show. They can't resist an illusion. No, that was a bit. Is that, like, they would... It's, like, the person they were trying to catch wouldn't know that it was an illusion. They would, like, use his... expertise with that and also the first episode he just happened to be solving a crime in which the murderer made a plane disappear and they were like (laughs) and they were like oh no how did he do it and then the guy literally just like 
oh god, the other thing about these shows is people just walk freely into crime scenes. Uh-huh. That's another thing about Murder She Wrote. Is she really is like I mean, it was the eighties and like I don't know, maybe crime scenes were like a little more cash back in the day. But she really just like waltzes on, yeah. starts touching things, which is like um, you're not supposed to like nobody's wearing gloves. <laughs> like really, there's just a suggestion of crime scene tape. Sometimes not even no, that. But really, in every single one of these shows, it's like the first episode they make a big deal mm-hmm. about somebody crossing that line. Yeah, but then like five episodes deep they're always no like oh anymore. i know charles yeah and it's like oh god like, so well, like fine. the caution tape is really more of just like a suggestion i know it's like come on in and it's, it, it's like psych and like elementary sherlock monk like those i kind mm. of get because at least in psych like yes the fact that they believed he was a psychic is fucking so dumb yeah but he basically was just like a very observant human and yeah. like i get if you're hiring somebody who it's like oh i am not good enough i need somebody with the powers of perception but castle I've never seen it. Do you know what it's about? No. Oh, it is Murder, She Wrote 2.0. Oh. Where Castle is the guy's name, is a novelist. Oh. <laughs> he comes in. That's fucked up. I can't believe somebody didn't face. sue them. No, he's a novelist and mm. he comes in and I think the first season is him, you know, classic hero's journey where he comes in and everyone's like very reluctant to have him there and he's... He's only there, to, I think, to, like, research the detectives to write a novel and then, like, goes on ride-alongs and then, like, solves all the dickin' murders. And it's like, what? And then, like, <sighs> there are other ones on here where it's like, ah, oh, yes, a biochemist, like, f- professor, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, maybe they were helpful in one episode. Yeah. How they would they be helpful on every single crime? Yeah. How would they be helpful do, with, like you know, organized crime or anything like that, you know? Like, it's just ridiculous. Or, like, that many seasons. Like, really, the detective went through all of that training and then was like, ah, yes, <laughs> yeah. now I need this Every person. single time I should be doing my job, I'm going to call some I guy. need help. Is Rosewood on there? Rosewood is also another one where he is um, the, like, he's the ME, which at least is, like, a little bit more helpful because it's like, oh, he studies the bodies mm, after they're right, dead right, right, like right, right. can give some insight but then literally like the entire first season is him just going to all the crime scenes Perfect. anyway that i fucking believe that, that these shows why, are dumb. oh and what yeah. i was gonna say about gray's anatomy oh yeah bringing it fucking back mm-hmm. is i love gray's anatomy right yeah seen, it's great i've literally seen every episode i'm convinced they only make new episodes for me mm-hmm. but at least they don't just bring up like a fucking kindergarten teacher who's played operator a hundred times <laughs> and like they're like yes please come into the operating room yeah. you clearly know what it to really do. It really doesn't translate. So that was a little long for this segment but it was related and I feel very passionately about it and I'm sure I will bring it up again. Yeah and they're also like at this point not very creative concepts for shows like at this point there's so many of these shows I don't know how you could possibly pitch another one of these. But that's the thing is that because there were already so many that were mm. like reasonably acceptable like monk was so popular that like nowadays the fucking in between just came out and from the trailers it looks like it's a woman who goes between life and death and talks to people Mm. who are dead that's kind of like medium wasn't that a show too patricia arquette oh yeah you said that so well i don't know if i did but it's a fucking other one Um, wow. Okay. Uh, well, I think I'll just close out the episode by saying this, I believe, uh, George Harrison is the best Beatle. Wow. Hot take. I know. I I really come in just searing hot It's honestly true. Your opinions on this are palpable. Yeah. 
I think George Harrison is the best Beatle, and I shouldn't have to explain why, because it's obvious. I don't want you to. Yeah, thank you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening to me literally gush this is going to for be 35 minutes episode. about forever about Murder, She Wrote. You guys, honestly, do yourself a favor. Watch the Murder, She Wrote. Bask in the glory that is Angela Lansbury. If you figure out a way to watch it, email us. Yes. Let us know. Okay. All right. Murder, She Wrote episode. Murder, She Wrote. We did. <laughs> Thank you, friends. In the book. Bye-bye. <laughs>Your next obsession. Locally produced in a very hot apartment in Los Angeles. We're your hosts, Quinn and Renee. Special thanks to Jono for our music, Dean for our graphics, and Quinn for editing. You're welcome. Let us know what you thought of this episode by leaving a comment and don't forget to subscribe. For more information on us and the show, search Your Next Obsession Podcast on all the social medias and or send an email to yournextobsessionpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks thanks for for listening. listening. We're adorable. We're so cute. (laughs)